You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. I am at Roto Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me this evening, as always, from the home office in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the one and only Will Greenwood. Over, 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 hello. And from North Carolina, Trey Barrett. What's up, Trey? What's going on, gentlemen? Be uh, pretty stoked to be talking some rookies tonight. I mean, who would have known? Who would have possibly thought that this, t- you know, uh, in March 2019 that we'd be talking rookies? I know. It's, it's shocking. I, I thought we were going to put it off to 2020 for sure. Yeah, you, all the podcasts you've been listening to this week, probably you, you've been listening to the Combine and the Aftermath. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about the Combine and the Aftermath, but we're putting it in, in the context of a Superflex rookie mock draft. And it's not just the Joes doing it. It's some of our favorite people once again. Uh, a lot of the people that were involved in the – Superflex startup draft we did. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Let's just jump into the Superflex rookie mock draft. We'll talk about the participants as we go along. Fantasy Joe's Superflex rookie mock draft. Y'all ready for this? First of all, at the 101, we had Karen of Top Dog Dynasty at Quarter Hacks on Twitter. And Karen shocked no one when she took DK Metcalf. Or maybe she did shock some people because, Trey, there doesn't seem to be consensus about the 101. It seems to me that there are a lot of people that like DK Metcalf. There are some people that like Harry. Um, and there are some people that like uh, Josh Jacobs. And then there's just, I don't know, it seems like it's, it still hasn't settled in. Because DK Metcalf, he's... He's problematic, right, Trey? Because he's not perfect. In, in some ways he is, in other ways he's not. So what did you think of this pick, the 101 DK Metcalf? What do you think about Metcalf? Well, I think that it's kind of the chalk, if you will. Um, you know, I think that we're, we live in a world where the likelihood is, in the majority of your leagues, the 101 is going to be DK Metcalf. Um, I do think that I prefer Nikhil Harry to DK Metcalf at the wide receiver position and potentially a couple other wide receivers. Um, I think draft capital landing spot is going to have a little bit to say about that. Um, and um, I'll talk about some further comments about who I think could potentially also end up being a strong consideration for one-on-one in a super flex league and a few picks. Hashtag foreshadowing. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, what do you think? What DK Metcalf, quite impressive during the combine for the most part at least he started off with an impressive day and then he hit those agility drills and the three cone and the short shuttle and uh oh you know not looking as good what did you think of of metcalf and and what do you think of him at the 101 did you guys watch his three cone i did i did see it and and uh, did he slip yeah he slipped they showed, a, they showed an angle. I forget who released it. Someone on Twitter put a video up that was basically like uh, right on where he slipped. I mean, you could, it was clear as day that he slipped. That, I mean, it's going to be weird. And I hope he does the three cone at his pro day to show a, a much better time. Because that three cone drill is such a wart. It's such a wart. But if he just, he just 
planted his foot a little bit early and made a little mistake on three cones. It's not like you just run three cones all the time, but that's a little bit on him for not prepping hard enough for the draft. But that is a little scary. I would like to see some more agility in his pro day. I really hope he he runs and performs well there so that at least without production, he can come out as the most elite athlete in this draft class. Otherwise, I have some really big questions. Yeah, I think, though, the thing with that is that he was really one of the big wide receivers there that decided to participate in those drills. And if he hadn't done that, I think we, we, he might be even the clear one-on-one. I mean, what he did guys was amazing. I mean, you've seen the numbers you heard about them and you know, the, you know, 93rd percentile for vertical jump, 97th percentile for his broad jump, 134 inches. Um, his, uh, height adjusted speed score of 136.2. I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, you know, you, you just want to be at least a hundred and he was at 132 or 136.2. So I, I don't know. I, I, I might be higher on him than you guys. And maybe that's just me drinking the Kool-Aid of, of what he did at the combine because he had some great production when he was healthy. Um, and, you know, he, for 40 targets, 569 receiving yards, five touchdowns and 14 yards per target nearly twice as high as the average NFL wide receiver. So uh, that's a touchdown once every eight targets, which is ridiculous, right? So I, I don't know. I mean, there are certainly problems with his profile. Maybe a guy you don't want to touch the 101. And I think that Nikhil Harry is probably a, a safer guy. And I love Nikhil Harry. He's probably my 101. But I don't mind DK Metcalf here at the, at the 101. And, and that's, as we're going to talk about throughout out this mock draft, draft capital is going to matter so much because it changes. If he's taken as a top 10 wide receiver – you're going to change the way you look at him versus if he goes at the end of the first round or early second, right? With DK Metcalf. So anyway, any other thoughts about Metcalf before we move on? He's our 101 in the Joe's rookie mock. So just, just quickly, a little slow in the short, he was below average in the 20 yard shuttle as well. So it's important to note that just because he slipped in one doesn't mean that that's a, a, an outlier and that he's super agile, but sometimes slips. So this, uh, when, when you don't have a lot of, great tape on somebody running the myriad of routes and room on the streets is he, you know, he didn't, didn't do great on in the gauntlet and what he was doing uh, as far as like just being smooth and like looking like a natural receiver. There's a lot, there's just so much qual- uh, qualitative data that I'm just really worried about DK Metcalf. But when you have the one one unless you traded to it and you're a better team, uh, if your team's just horrible and you need a home run, that's I don't I don't mind that at all. But if you trade it up and you have it, I would I would strongly recommend seeing what you can do to just get a current player. Not even trading back in this draft. I'd want I want current production. Sure enough, you know he was handcuffed in the offense that he was in. It's that air raid offense. They only ask their wide receivers to do certain things. So that could you know, that that's maybe one of the reasons he doesn't have the route tree of say you know like a Calvin really that came out last year uh, but but that's not his game that's not how he needs to win i think he can win and get separation just with his skill set alone so so we'll see we'll see but but i'm with you there's there's certainly risk with tk metcalf maybe a, you know if you have the 101 maybe you know it's better to trade out if that's what you're thinking but there are other possibilities there at the 101 as well which trade hashtag foreshadowed earlier so let's get to the 102 and on the clock with the 102 was Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. Peter Howard, a wide receiver guru 
Uh, he, he really is. I mean, Peter knows wide receivers, and he took Nikhil Harry. Actually, his, his uh, uh, Dynasty Crossroads running mate, Jake Anderson, in the chat said, like, I know that Peter's going to take Nikhil Harry. Just, just put, it, put him in. So he stepped to the podium on behalf of Peter and, and took Nikhil Harry. Uh, I think it's a solid number two pick. What, what do you guys think? Will, what, what do you think? Oh, I love it. I assume that uh, Peter Howard was in, unable to actually make it to the podium because he was hand-rolling his own cigarettes. This is this is correct. That's just we've had Peter Howard. I know it's great. And Peter, like I actually really love chatting with Peter Howard. The times we've, we've we've had the opportunity to, and he mentions it on his own podcast. But he was sitting there rolling, and Jake Henderson's like, "Hey, I don't have time for this. I need to make my draft pick. He's taking Nikhil Harry." Trey Nikhil Harry showed better than a lot of people thought he would. I, I think he I certainly checked the boxes at, at the combine. Um, where do you have him on, on your draft board in a Superflex uh, rookie mock draft right now? Well, I would say for me right now, he's top two. And um, part of that's going to be, for, for me, the biggest fluidity. Ooh, I like that word. The biggest fluidity on, on my board is going to have mostly uh, going to be related to the running backs in their landing spot. So, Nikhil Harry is a guy that I like a lot. He's my number one wide receiver and is going to either be, you know, 101 or 102 for me um, as it sits right now. I like his game a lot. There's not a whole lot to say, right? I mean, this guy's been kind of the Debbie darling. He was widely projected to be the number one wide receiver this year. And this, you know, if you go back 12 months ago, it was really him who was, who was the, the desirable asset and DK Metcalf kind of was secondary. But, you know, Twitter and these pictures of, of DK Metcalf looking like a, you know, linebacker rather than a wide receiver and then running, you know, uh, basically at the same speed as the space shuttle at the combine. I, I mean, I, I, I think for me, Nikhil Harry is my number one wide receiver. Yeah. And something not to overlook with Nikhil Harry, he ran a four, five, three, 40 time which doesn't sound as, a, as impressive as DK Metcalf, but it's a high adjusted speed score of 110.7. Anything over 110 is considered excellent. We came in the combine thinking, oh, if this guy runs a, a four or six, maybe four or six, five, we're going to be happy. I mean, he's more athletic than we thought. So I'm much more excited about him. For me, he is pretty clearly my, my 101. I'm intrigued with Metcalf, but just with what Harry did in college and his, his breakout age and everything, it's I love him. I, I mean, I, I love him at the 101. He's kind of solidified that for me. And maybe not in a super flex draft, but but definitely in a um, you know one QB league. So, but I'm excited to talk about who Jake took. Jake Anderson took at the 103 because it's a guy that might be a lot of people's 101 in a super flex draft, and that would be Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray also, I think, a winner of the combine because he came in. He didn't do much, but. You know, he got, he got measured and he was tall enough and he weighed enough. And we think that he might go number one overall if you believe the rumors. So, Trey, Kyler Murray at the 103, what say you? Yeah, I like it a lot. I, I do think that there's a really good possibility that he ends up in very, very serious consideration for me for the 101 in super flex leagues. Um, especially if it's, you know, 14 teams, I think as a 12 team, um, serious consideration for me. And, and there's a lot, you know, uh, I hate to be redundant, but for me, and we talked about this offline this week, uh, for me, draft capital is huge and it's not bigger at any position 
than the quarterback position. Um, landing spot will be important, but I, I think that it's going to be very interesting to see how the NFL value. I mean, we were talking about Lamar Jackson last year, right? Nobody, I don't think, really expected him to fall to the 32nd pick in the first round. Um, and the team that drafted him ended up trading down, I think, twice before they finally selected him. So, you know, let, let's see. If Kyler Murray goes, you know, 18th in the NFL draft, then, you know, the 101, I think, is off the table. You know, if he goes 101, whether via trade or, or to the Cardinals, then I think you have to very seriously consider. So draft capital is going to settle this, but he's in my top two in Superflex. Will, how do you feel about Kyler Murray? I think his most intriguing part is the article written about him and the amount of just uh, – uh, I want to use the word conjecture, but I don't know if that's appropriately used, but – the back and forth about, about Kyler Murray and even like the NFL media and what we're hearing, I, I can't wait for this case study to play out. Um, I think it's a fine pick. It's a good risk reward. Kyler Murray could be huge. You're getting into 103. Uh, if you needed a second quarterback and he could start right away, but the, just the amount of positives and negatives said about him everywhere is it's really fun. And since, since I've been doing this, He's been the most polarizing as far as like articles written about either he's horrible or he's great. He's the most polarizing I've seen. It's true because we have this buzz. It was it Charlie Casserly of NFL Network that leaked out allegedly that, oh, you know, when he was, you know, on the on the whiteboard, he 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 failed miserably and he did poorly in the interviews and, and nobody liked him. But then we're hearing buzz like, oh, everyone thinks he's gonna go number one overall. It's it's the that time of year, it's the, you know, all the the drama that, that they, that the media puts out there to try to sell stories and get clicks. So Chris Harris would, would just love all the Kylie Murray talk right now. Um, so yeah, I, I love it. At, at number three and, and Trey, you hit the nail on the head. If it just depends on draft capital, I think for me. And one of the, one of the largest predictors of NFL success, shockingly, although it's not like a, a, a really great correlation is fantasy points per game in college correlating to the NFL. It's not, it, again, it's not, it's not like none of them are like basically no stats from college or a great correlation moving to the NFL, but Kyler Murray scored 35. It was around like 35 fantasy points per game in college. I, I didn't see too much of Kyler Murray uh, during the year. I caught a few games, but where he really stood out to me was that semifinal game against Alabama. Uh, he was, he was really impressive on that stage against a really stout Alabama defense, Alabama de- defense that's going to produce, you know, probably multiple, uh, first round draft picks in, in this in this draft and, and probably in, in future drafts from their defense. Their their defense is always loaded, right? So, yeah, Kyler Murray is is intriguing, very intriguing. And and let me give a shout out to Hayden Winks on that stat. Hey, so Hayden Winks was on the Fantasy Feast podcast with Ross Tucker, who I really enjoy listening to because Ross Tucker is like an offensive lineman bro and has been in there, and he does it with Jason Silva. So you have these kind of – I think Evan Silva. Jason Silva is our, our lead main. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, Jason. <laughs> Jason, I'm always thinking of you. Uh, but it's – yeah, Evan Silva uh, of Roto World. But their content's really good because you have a mix of a guy who played in the NFL for a long time. And then Hayden Weeks was coming on and saying the biggest correlation that he found in all the studies that he's done since 2000, I think, 11 or 2008, was fantasy points per game. As a college quarterback, correlating two fantasy points per game as a NFL quarterback. Nice. Very nice. 
Let's get on to the 104 because I'm very excited about this. Uh, Travis May selected Hakeem Butler, Iowa State, uh, with the 104. And this is a guy, <laughs> this is a guy uh, that is a high riser for me because I don't know if I was buying into it uh, that, that he was going to be this real solid fantasy producer. But after his performance of the Combine, I'm very intrigued by Butler. And I, I'm curious to know what you guys think. I like the pick a lot. He sniped me. I, I was at the 105 and, and I was eyeing Hakeem Butler. And it was actually pretty convinced that he was going to be there for me to, to select at the 105. Um, I like him a lot. I think that he is, it's going to be a lot of fun to see where he goes. I think that he's earned himself a first round. You know, I've seen a few mocks even where he's, um, you know, being mocked in the first round of the NFL draft. So I love it. I think he's going to be a great NFL wide receiver. Will, any, anything to add about Akeem Butler? You're, you know, you're the Iowa guy. I know, I know this is the, the Cyclones and not the Hawkeyes, but you, you saw him several times this year. Yeah, sworn into me. He actually dropped a fourth down pass to lose to the Hawks this year. Uh, but I, I think Akeem Butler is the prospect. I'm very excited. I, I, I just – I'm a little bit sad he didn't run the agil- agility drills. and. You know, maybe it's better for his draft stock, but I'm just, you know, I, he, he's so athletic. I, if he's that athletic, he would have done him. And the fact that he didn't makes me worried. Yeah, I mean, I mean certainly not a perfect prospect, but, but he's definitely intriguing and his stock has risen for sure. Um, Trey, with your uh, 105, first running back off the board, Josh Jacobs. Not really a surprise here. I think it's a nice place to grab him and – I, I like the pick. Any other thoughts about Josh Jacobs? We didn't see anything from him this weekend, but he probably was the um, winner of the running back crew. There are a couple other ones, but, you know, because he didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, I I really like Josh Jacobs a lot. I think at the 105, that's a, a great spot for him. And, you know, fast forward to May, and we could be looking at this being ridiculous value. Um, or we could be looking at this being a, a ridiculous reach, right? I mean, um, I, I think that he could uh, end up in a landing spot that we don't love. He could end up being taken by a team where there's someone ahead of him. Um, or he could end up going to the Chiefs. I mean, you know, landing spot for the, for running backs, I think it's going to make a huge – and draft capital as well. Um, but I, I like Josh Jacobs a lot. I think right now with the data points that we have, he's clearly the number one ride, running back for me. And um, I thought to get him at 105 after Butler went at, at 104. And again, I think, it, you know, deserves mentioning, right? Like, you know, these, these wide receivers sometimes don't have as much of an impact during their rookie season nearly as much. So sometimes it's better if you're kind of on the fence, um, you know, positionally, the, the running backs likely to be able to return more value 12 months down the road, have more of an impact on your team during their rookie year. And so, you know, the tiebreaker for me in rookie drafts is always running back over wide receiver. It hasn't always been, um, but I'm, I'm learning, I'm, I'm evolving. And so I think getting the number one running back in this class at the one Oh five for me was, was pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I think so. Any other thoughts about Josh Jacobs? Will, would you have taken David McGunnery instead? No, uh, the Josh Jacobs right now without his other testing to me is, you know, it's, it's hitting on 15 or 16 when the dealer is showing a face card in blackjack. You don't, you, I mean, you know, you could, you could, this could end up being a huge win in the right landing spot uh, or you could bust pretty easily. I, I, 
without without any testing with a, a subtle groin injury it it, it just uh yeah he I, he's still my running back 101 but that's because i am part of the wave right now that he is going to get drafted in the first round i think so too and i think he he will be the 101 in a lot of drafts when it's all said and done aj brown went next with 106 and there should be an asterisk next to this pick because paul pertichese made the pick paul's been super busy shout out to paul and the saturday to sunday crew I mean, he covered the combine as well as anybody. He was on Twitter. Check out his Twitter handle. He's kind of categorized all his thoughts about performances. But then Paul was like, oh, I didn't realize that Kelvin Harmon was on the board. I would have taken him here. Um, But I think Paul made the right pick on accident because I think there are a big four wide receivers that I I really love. Uh, Metcalf, Harry, Butler, and A.J. Brown. I thought A.J. Brown was a big winner. I thought he looked good. I like AJ Brown here at the, at the 106, even though Paul wanted to take Kelvin Harmon. We'll talk about him later. <laughs> so AJ Brown, guys, I think he's really solid. Kind of, you know, a, a guy that no one's talking about, but he's. I think he's really good. I think he's really good. I've heard some. Nobody's talking about AJ Brown. Well, I mean, we are, but but he was he's overshadowed by Metcalf and Nikhil Harry and and Akeem Butler. You know, so no one's really excited about what AJ Brown did this weekend. I I may I think that's my perception. Am I am I incorrect? Yeah, I. I so and honestly, I think you are. Uh, he tested as a way better athlete than people expected. Yeah, right. And with with his size, he's gonna be. I, I mean, I think AJ Brown has has a fringe chance to go late round one or early round two and where his landing spot, I mean, landing spot with wide receivers is just so important. Like Michael Thomas lands on the Buffalo bills. You'll never, you may, you may have never heard about Michael Thomas, Uh, but I think AJ Brown's moving up and I think his landing spot's going to be, I think he's going to land somewhere good because then he's going to go later in the first round or early in the second round in a trade up or, or the mid there to a team that is going to know what to do with him. Actually, and this is just a guess, you know, the draft can play out the way, the way it goes, but yeah, I think he tested more of an athlete, than what people thought he was and his production is through the roof. So yeah, AJ, I think I love the pick of AJ Brown, even though he met Kelvin Harmon because he loves uh, Kelvin Harmon, but maybe, maybe, uh, maybe this was a, a slip on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, Trey, any thoughts? You, you've been high on AJ Brown, even coming into this whole process. I think when we did that, first rookie draft back in when was that january february when, when paul was actually on the show you took aj brown rather high so so i know you're a fan yeah i do i like him a lot you know he he was the number one wide receiver all of uh, draft twitter is getting this wrong dk metcalf um was not the number one wide receiver at, at uh, Ole Miss, and and i really think you know that he's gonna go to some team as like a big slot i think I don't think he goes in the first round. I think think some of these other guys have a little bit more name cachet and athleticism, a little little more shine to some of these other prospects, um, including the aforementioned Harmon. And so I think that AJ Brown likely goes in that second round range. And, and you know, Will, you you said it. Landing spot's going to matter, but um, I like AJ Brown a lot. I feel like that maybe he doesn't have the same ceiling as some of these guys but he's got a really high floor. And I think that he's going to, he's got staying power. He's going to be, you know, picture a guy like Jarvis Landry, you know, I can imagine AJ Brown and, and I'm not saying that his game is like Landry's, but AJ Brown may be a guy that's just never perennially, perennially valued where he should be. And I think he's going to end up going a lot later in rookie drafts than he should. And fast forward 12 months, I think we're going to look back and see AJ Brown as one of the real values of rookie drafts. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I, I'm I, I'm very intrigued by AJ Brown, a guy I'm not so intrigued on. Who Jared Wackerly took with uh, FF statistics at the uh, 107? David Montgomery, because David Montgomery did not have a great combine, but still uh, he's highly thought of. Uh, Jared certainly knows his players, knows his prospects, so he took him at the 107. Um, if you look at the ADP that DLF just put out today, March ADP, David Montgomery is there. 107 in the rookie mocks they've done so a lot of people still like him but i am shying away i think it's possible that he doesn't even he isn't even a day to pick i think maybe he could go early around four with his performance but but maybe i'm wrong we'll, we'll see what do you guys think well i want to want you to say something about david montgomery first because you've been pretty high on him what did you think of his combine performance are we overreacting to it yeah, I, I watch a ton of Iowa State games and, and how they play and what his part is in that offense. And he is a very intelligent football player. He he works hard. He's gonna be he's gonna be where he's supposed to be. And the way so here's a comparison I want to use. So we talked about it earlier in this year when Sony Michelle missed a pass over the middle because he stopped his route because he's he's used to college you know football. Dave Montgomery is the opposite of that. He's gonna work his butt off and become that receiver to where he's going to be where the quarterback needs him to in, in that part of his game. I strongly believe that, and that is as much narrative street as you can get. I, he ran a 4.63. That's not fast, especially if you're training for the combine and you're trying to figure it out. I, I'm really disappointed in what he did in the combine. I knew he was going to do not great, but uh, I, I, I am still – I hope David Montgomery slips and I can trade up and grab him. I think his NFL career is going to be beautiful. Yeah, I was disappointed. No three cone, no no shuttle, because that's where they say he he would excel. So it'll be interesting to check out his pro day. I don't know when Iowa State's pro day is. We'll have to check it out. But I'm very intrigued to see what what he does pro day. And also five ten two twenty two is what he weighed in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which might be a little too heavy. Maybe that's why he didn't run the three cone. No, I I think that's great. I mean, that's like, that's prototypical size. I think the size is good. I, I don't think the you know. Uh, the the 40 time was was completely awful I, I don't know I mean he didn't have like a horrible horrible day he wasn't um uh um why, why uh, Elijah Holyfield for example or anything like that but um I, I think we were hoping for a little bit better um but we knew he wasn't an amazing athlete coming in Trey so what do, what do you think what, what were your thoughts on David Montgomery I'm fascinated by David Montgomery and and think that <clears throat> he's got a lot of room to move one way or the other based on where he lands and in and, and what round he's selected. Um, I think that there's a, a good possibility he goes in the second round. And again, just kind of like we talked about Josh Jacobs, I, for, for me, running back landing spot matters more than, in, you know, anywhere. I mean, you can think of teams, offenses that have kind of struggled in recent years, and you think about a wide receiver landing on those teams, and you're kind of like, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be force-fed targets. Like, the, I, you, I can't think as many as many – super incredible landing spots at wide receiver where I can kind of at running back um, and, and kind of the, you know, vice versa. Like I, I can't think of any just awful spots at wide receiver where I can at running back. So I think draft capital, he is in the right situation. Again, you know, Kansas city, this is the, you know, the, everybody's getting mocked, right? It's like, you know, during the year when free agents are talked to, everyone's going to new England. I mean, if he ends up in Kansas City, if he's taking the second round by the Chiefs, you know, he's probably in 101 conversation. So uh, landing spot and draft capital is going to be huge for him. And um, I like his game. I think that he 
is kind of being underrated through this process. He, he's going to be another guy that's going to be a real value in the late, mid to late first. In all my dynasty leagues, if he survives past the 105, I'm going to need you guys to talk me off a ledge of things I'm willing to give up for David Montgomery. And I'm not, I'm not kidding, but it's uh, like you need to be like, hey, well, you need to take a relax. <laughs> Maybe just wait, see if he doesn't go for a few more picks. Because I, I am pretty excited. I'm still pretty excited. This, but this running back testing group this year uh, is almost like a shower cry testing group. It, it was really, really poor. <laughs> shower cry that's 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 so funny so uh, I, I know we got to pick up the the pace here for for time reasons but uh, trey i gotta ask you so david montgomery goes to the chiefs um let's say I, i'm not even sure what picks they have but let's say they whether they have or they acquire a second rounder they they take him he's in consideration for your 101 yeah i think he would be i mean that offense you know i mean kareem hunt was a fourth round third round fourth round draft pick and led the nfl in rushing Third, he was a third-round draft pick and led the NFL in rushing yeah, as a round. rookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if David Montgomery oh. lands in Kansas City, he is a top five, top eight uh, running fantasy running back next year just because of usage. Um, and Damian yeah. Williams' uh, owners uh, everywhere are yeah. – As J.J. Zacharyson would say, the pants yeah. are coming off if David Montgomery <laughs> goes to Kansas City. Okay, so here's my other question for you. He he's a he's a day two pick, but he he goes in the third round of the Chicago Bears. How do you feel about him there? Because the Bears have shown signs of wanting to acquire running back because Jordan Howard doesn't quite fit the you know the the scheme there, and and Tariq Cohen has his limitations. He's great, but you know if they had a kind of like a guy that could be a three down back, they could um, let Cohen do some other things. So how would you feel about that? Just as an example, so he's he's the third round pick to the Chicago Bears. Where where do you like him there? Uh, probably still in the mid first. I, it doesn't excite me nearly as much. And part of that is just because I think Cohen is a weapon there. He he's, he's much more entrenched, I think, as a guy that's going to get touches. And I mean, I know, you know, you're the bears fan and Nagy came from Kansas city, but you know, that's where the similarities end, right? I mean, Kansas city, the, you know, Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey and Wackett, like, you know, that offense is, you know, going to probably score twice the touchdowns next year that the bears offense does. So Hey, easy. I, I think, no, no. I, I mean, they, yeah, yeah, you're right. They don't have the, they don't have the weapons. They just don't, I mean, you know, you, they yeah. just have the weapons. So I, I still, I mean, I, I, it would not be, it would be more of a neutral, like neutral to positive, right? Like if, if the Kansas city chiefs are a 10, the bears landing spot would be a five or six for me, as far as like, you know, uh, slightly on the good side of things, but it doesn't like make me want to, you know, take, take him one-on-one. Fair enough. It's going to rip my heart out. Because Ryan Nall is still in that practice squad. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Let's let's. He's, he's like six two and ran a faster. He ran like literally a half a second faster three cone than DK Metcalf. Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> let's, let's let's come on, Bears. Ryan, talk to him. Talk to the team. I don't. I don't think. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. But with this, we don't turn this into bear stock. Let's move on to the one hundred and eight. I mean, I do, but probably other listeners don't. So James Katulis of the Superflex Super Show took Drew Locke at the 108, which, which I thought was interesting. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, okay, you know, this is a Superflex league. Drew Locke is an intriguing player. There's rumors he could go to Denver at the 10th pick overall. So Drew Locke, what did you guys think? Well, what did you think of Drew Locke here? <laughs> it's, I, I feel kind of bad because I wish I would, I, I would like some uh, notes about this. I want to know more about Drew Locke. I don't know enough about him. 
to have like a strong opinion. I want to know why he took him above like Dwayne Haskins and a lot of the other rookies that are, that come after this. I, I want to know the reason for this. And I, I you know, I, I respect his pick and I respect him as, as an analyst. Um, I just, I just would, I want to be able to share the information. So go and check out and ask him, ask him why this is the way this is. Well, well we, he, he gave some thoughts in, in the chat. So I'm going to, I'm going to look it up, but, but while I'm doing that, Trey, what, what did you think of Drew Locke here at the, at the 108? I like it. I think that, you know, this, this pick is based on an expectation that he's going to go in the first round and probably in the top 15 picks. And I know that there's been some whispers that um, there's some teams that are really interested in Drew Locke. Um, I will, on the flip side, uh, being a Gator fan, uh, Missouri is in the SCCE, so I've seen Drew Locke each of the last few years when they've played Florida. And um, his, his arm strength, I mean, he, he's a big guy. I think he's like 6'3", 6'2", 6'3", like 220. Um, and uh, he's got all the tools. He's got the arm. I think there's been quite a bit of inconsistency, and I'm not enough of a quarterback guru to identify whether or not that's, you know, related to mechanics or whether that's fixable. But I, I know that, you know, he makes throws where you're just like, holy cow, that is an, an NFL throw. And then he makes throws where you're just kind of like, wow, that, that was pretty awful. Um, he's played well against Florida the last few years, and I've been very impressed. So I think, you know, that, that offense there in Missouri is kind of an op- wide open, kind of a spread style. Um, so I think it's interesting. I, I, I like the pick. I think James is sticking with his guy here, and he's convinced, you know, if he's a top 10 pick in the NFL draft and uh, regardless of, of landing spot, I, I think that this is a value, right? I mean, you know, top, top 10. So Trey, Trey to, to jump in, no, Trey, to jump in, uh, four, six, nine, 40. Uh, he's three cone is 7.03. So he crushed DK Metcalf in the, in the three cone and 20 yard shuttle being by, by like uh, three tenths of a second. He's six, four, 228 but has nine inch hands that's on the that's on the brim yeah i i don't like the nice hands uh, that i've told you guys this before quarterbacks with small hands makes me nervous <laughs> don't like it. such a hand stop but here's what i asked because i because I, I said to james in the chat I, i'm like you know i'm intrigued by this pick you took him over haskins do you think he goes lot goes to denver at 10 like we're seeing a lot of mocks and he said i'm not sure he might be gone by then before denver picks a 10 Regardless of what we think about this QB class, fact remains that NFL teams continue to trade up to draft their guy. Locke has the best arm, in my humble opinion. And if he fixes some footwork and mechanical issues, I think he could be extremely accurate as well. We've seen him show his accuracy, but his fundamentals remain inconsistent. Thus does his accuracy. So we know that that's something that's fixable. Like, so what James is saying here is that footwork issues, mechanical issues, those things can be corrected in the NFL. So it doesn't always happen, but it's possible. So I, I think that's why you get, add some context to what James said in the chat, why he liked him. So, uh, so I, I, I enjoyed the pick. He outran Elijah Holyfield by like miles. <laughs> All right. We're comparing, yeah, apples and oranges. So let, let, let's move on from Drew Locke at the 108. Interesting pick. At the 109, the, the guy that probably will go ahead of him in a, a lot of drafts, depending on landing spot and everything, is Dwayne Haskins. And, and Will, you took Dwayne Haskins here. So we talked about it before on the show. Anything you want to add? I mean, if you look at him, his numbers look great. Um, he's maybe he's not, you know, uh, 
the most amazing quarterback in the world, but he's, he's pretty solid. You know, there's, there's no major red flags about Haskins other than the fact he only started a year in college. So what, what do you think about Haskins? Yeah, I, I think he reads the field really well in the games that I've seen him play in the film that I've watched with him. I'm not a grinder, but I have seen quite a bit of Dwayne Haskins and I think his landing spot's going to be incredible. So I'm excited for him. And that's, that's basically it. I think he's a pro ready quarterback. And I, this is also, I'm, this is a pick that I'm taking, and I'm willing to wait a year. You may not have to wait a year. It depends on where he goes, right? I'd prefer to, though. <laughs> Let him learn. Come on. That's right. Let's not ruin the guy. Trey, any, any thoughts on Dwayne Haskins? Anything you want to add? No, I think, it's, I think it's a really solid pick here, high upside pick here, getting, you know, uh, again, a top 10 uh, potentially NFL draft pick at the quarterback position. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of talk linking him to the Giants, which obviously, you know, but again, landing spot doesn't matter as much if you've got that much draft capital. So the success rate of guys that are taken in the top 10 NFL draft to get him at one, 109, I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty great value. Yeah, that means you lost in the semis if it's your, your own draft pick. That's a great, super great value for sure. The 110, uh, Kyle Richardson is going for upside with Rodney Anderson, a guy we didn't see. And Rodney Anderson, I think, is one of those guys that we just don't know. We just don't know, you know what the medicals look like. I, I think he's a guy that we're only really going to be able to confidently say we're going to take him here or there when we see where his draft capital is. What do NFL teams think of him? Because I think if he goes, you know, let's say he's a round two pick, man he climbs up my my rookie draft board but if he goes super late it means something's going on with him so that's kind of my assessment any anything else you guys want to add about Rodney Anderson I mean he's got a lot of upside but there are serious injury concerns we just don't know what they are yeah I I think draft capital you're talking about a guy who could go I I mean I read a report um I, I don't remember if it was earlier this week or last week um where you know there's some talk that he could potentially go undrafted or, or go really late in the draft. And so I think that, you know, for him, that's going to tell the story of the medical concerns. Because all it takes is one team, right? Uh, you know, if, if he goes undrafted, that means every team passed on him. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Very, very talented guy. It's, a, it's unfortunate that he's had the struggle with injuries that he has uh, because he looked really, really good there at Oklahoma during his sophomore year when, when he was – you know, the, um, the starter there and, uh, you know, caught the ball. I think he had like 17, 16, 17 catches and, uh, you know, over 20 touchdowns, no, almost 20 touchdowns. So he, he caught the ball a good bit, you know, almost 1500 yards from scrimmage. Um, so anyway, just a, a really, really outstanding season there in his, uh, the 2017 season at Oklahoma. So be interesting to see where he gets drafted. Yeah. A guy that was highly regarded coming out of high school, highly recruited, and just had those injuries that sent him back. Interesting guy. I mean, according to uh, 247sports.com, he ran the 40 and 443. Um, so, I mean, I mean, he, he's, he's fast, he's big, he's agile, uh, posting a 4.0 shuttle time. So, the, so he's like, if the injuries don't hold him back, he's a super impressive prospect. And he's looked really good when he's played. So, so Will, I mean, you think it's at the 110 here worth it? I mean, yeah, maybe Kyle's throwing away his pick. But if he hits on the 110, if he's the real deal, if he comes back and he can show like he has, that's a huge win, right, at the 110? 
Oh, he's a size speed specimen. He's not like he's, you're not taking a chance on a five nine, hundred and eighty five pound guy. Uh, this is I, I think Rodney Anderson. If he is healthy and his legs are fine, he his ceiling is the highest out of any of these running backs. And um, we just we just won't know until the draft because that that will tell us everything. That will tell the story if he goes early that means that teams aren't concerned but if he goes later it's undrafted obviously it's just yeah pr- probably a guy because if he goes undrafted where do you guys want to take him let's say uh an undrafted free agent he signs with detroit or something where, where they've already obviously got they've got a clear <laughs> starter already but wh- where what do you do where do you want to get him you want to try to get in the third round i mean sure <laughs> no it's but like where do you signing proposition <laughs> just I'd be happy to take him in the third because you're trying to take a backup for a guy that, get, it, that gets injured all the time, like Karrion Johnson. Oh, yeah, there you go. See, now we're thinking, now we're thinking. Trey, Trey um, he, he goes super late or uh, undrafted free agent, and he's, he's signed by the Detroit Lions. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel? Where, where do you want to try to target him in your rookie drafts? Yeah, depending on who else falls there and, and my team needs, I, I don't I don't mind taking a shot on him in the in the mid to late third. Um, but you know the the I think that for him to go undrafted and and be signed as a free agent would mean that the medicals are uh, pretty concerning. So um, I, I you know it, it may even be a fourth round pick because I, I think that there's going to be some really decent picks there in the in the third round available. So I don't know. What what if he's drafted by the Dolphins in the fourth round? Oh, one at one. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just think, I was just thinking about that. Like, what kind of fun draft could he have where it's like excitingly terrible, and the Dolphins in the fourth was where that where it ended up. Perfect. Perfect. Um, <laughs> let's talk about someone that. Um, I don't think it's going to disappoint. Well, well, he could be a huge disappointment, but let's hope not. It's Noah Fant. It's the Iowa tight end. He went at the 111. Tim Torch took him from me because I wanted him. But that's okay. It's just a mock. And Noah Fant just looks amazing. I mean, he, he was a huge performer. You're hearing a lot of Evan Ingram comparisons. Will, I'm going to have you go first here because – Iowa Hawkeye, no fan. You, you you know him better than, than anybody on on this show anyway. So, what do you think at the one eleven? Is that is that a great deal? So where he should go? Offense is terrible. Uh, just overall as a team, I wish they were so much better. I am a diehard fan, and it hurts me, but I will always be an, a long lived optimist for them. But no fans. Teams knew that we were going to throw to no fan every time. And no fans still crushed them. And he had a little bit of injury concern his last year, and they rested him more. And so his, his, his last season, stat, like his stats aren't going to pop off the page. I'm very excited about Noah Fant and his, his landing spot in the NFL. And his testing shows that he's, he is an elite athlete in what he was doing. Uh, I do flip-flop. Not, not, I shouldn't say flip-flop. I just have a conversation with myself about him and TJ Hawkinson because you have – two very two different tight ends and very two different fits in the NFL. I, it, I, what I would love because Noah fan is so big that he can become that three down tight end fast. And that is going to be huge for him. So I am a huge fan of what he can do, man. I, I mean, no fan talk about the, the, what he did the combine. 
he ran, he weighs 249 pounds. He ran a four, five, 40. I mean, that's incredible. His three cones, 6.81. Will his shuttle, uh, 4.22. That was so nuts. His three cone. He like, he basically passed DK Metcalf twice in his three. (laughs) I mean, Trey, this guy is unbelievable. You know, I mean, I'm super excited about him. I, I think in some, Rookie drafts, people might get even a little carried away. We want to wait on tight ends, but people are going to see that. Like, oh, he's going to come in and produce like Evan Ingram did his first year. Oh, my gosh, I got to have him. Also, a true junior, very young, so you're going to need to have some patience. That's right. Yeah, he, he's, he's a you know 21-year-old. So, uh, Trey, what do you think about Noah Fan? Is he, is he your tight end uh, number one, first of all? Or, or do you like Hawk better? I think Irv Smith Jr. slipped a little bit on, on some people's draft boards. There's some other intriguing tight ends to take later, but but what do you think of them? Yeah, I think it's going to be, man, and like I sound like a freaking broken record, but it really is going to depend on the landing spot in the draft capital. Right now I'd have to have Fant first. I think, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about TJ Hawkinson being a better NFL tight end, but I think Fant kind of checks all the, all the boxes as far as a, a weapon um, offensively and for fantasy, um, you know, but as a quick aside, man, you know, you guys are just gushing over the athleticism of this guy. And uh, all I'm hearing is uh, it's time to go send some trade offers for Mike Gusecki because you remember last year at the combine. I mean, I, oh, I'd be do curious. I? man, I, I, I have to look up there. There's gotta be a comparison out there comparing Gasicki and fans combine. Um, I'm going to have to look that up and, and see how they compared. But, yeah, man, I, I like I like, uh, like Noah Fant quite a bit. Oh, now we got to look it up right now, and I'm, I'm in the process of doing that. No, so, 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 so a question so – come, oh, Go ahead, Will. It comes to me is, uh, I think, ability as a receiver. I think Fant beats Gusecki pretty heavily. And, and, but, if you know, if that doesn't pan out, I'm not you – know, we are the, the, the dynasty Joes. And we're trying to look at this overall. And I am a little bit swayed. And you guys also know my love for Hawk, which I grabbed later in this draft. But uh, so here's the thing. Uh, Noah Fan is the first player in this entire draft that I think is okay to land on the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> okay. I, you think the Bills like, – I'd actually be excited about that. I think he'd be a great target on the Buffalo Bills. That's the – like one thing that, that uh, is, is odd to me, at least. Like looking at landing spot – Name one other player you'd like to land on the Bills. It's it's just it, the, so. I think DK Metcalf would be interested on the Bills to be there and, and, and do well. So I think any other team he goes to, he can, he will do well. He's a, he's a better route runner and had better senior year production than Mike or junior, I should say. So uh, Ryan, I, uh, I found it. Yeah, it's mock, me too. Go ahead. Okay, well, I went to mock draftable and um, pulled up. You know, they have these spider charts. Oh and, yeah, yeah, nice. There's there's no comparison between Noah Fant and Mike Gesicki. Mike Gesicki blows him out of the water. <laughs> well, um, I mean, it, so, I would say blows him out of the water, but but, but like he's, he's better. He's better. Like, he's well. So Mike, Mike Mike Gesicki, uh, you know, sixty yard shuttle, twenty yard shuttle, three cone, broad jump, vertical jump, and forty yard dash was over the ninetieth percentile in all of those, and uh, you know, um, Noah Fant was only in the 79th percentile on 20-yard shuttle. But the height and bench press, um, weight is the only thing that Noah Fant has on him. Hand and breakout size. age and, and yeah. production in college. 
No, no, no. We're just talking. This is it. Oh, someone's uh, getting defensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, like, well, he's, he's coming. Well, someone's, <laughs> someone's getting a little bit testy over his Hawkeyes. Well, well what well, NoFan might have over him is – in Miami, I'm not drafting him. <laughs> yeah, he gets the Dolphins. The Dolphins take him yeah, with – was like a 14 overall. <laughs> or well, he really has on the Ravens. Hard out again. Well, what, what Finn might have over if you believe the people that project the draft is draft capital because Gasicki went obviously second round, pick number 10. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it, Gasicki is, is, you know, a little bit better. As, a, as outstanding as Noah Fant was, Gasicki was, was even just a little bit more outstanding. So it, it is fascinating. Yeah. Except, yeah Mike, except in production. <laughs> no, I'm just, I mean, it's great that a, a, a tight end, even when he plays like part of a season – Puts up more stats than Mike Singer, but we we don't care about that. I guess. <laughs> well, I, I I just think that mostly, you know, I'm I'm kind of being tongue in cheek, but you know, you're talking about um, Noah Fant being taken here at the end of the first round, and and what do you think you you could get Mike Kosicki right now, or like a week before your rookie draft? I bet for like the three oh five, right? Maybe maybe a late second. So all I'm saying is. You know, in in an in an era where you know we talk about it that uh, that tight ends take a little while to develop, and and we're pretty impatient as dynasty owners. I think it it, it just could you know create a, an opportunity for a, a buying window. Um, I mean, you know, because Mike Kosicki, I think you know had like fourteen hundred yards receiving in in college, so it wasn't like he was. I, I know he didn't probably put up the same stats as as Noah Fant did or some other you know, tight ends coming out. Oh, actually, he put up Well, he actually – and we're receiving yards. That's right. That's many touchdowns, not, though. Touchdowns. But look, look at the games. And, Listen, you know, no. Look, I mean, production. Well, he has a better Jesus, production. He had to, like, roid up. The is, combine, it's fine. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've not seen the side of Will. Listen, I not to mention, honestly, <laughs> I, I there's a lot of mock drafts that I'm seeing that do not have Noah Fant in the first round. It's, they've got Hawkinson in the first round. I think it'd be cool. like and, and so. so I think in the first round, like I think it's a horrible idea. Sorry, I, I I cut you off. But why would you draft? Like you can wait. Like Dallas Goddard in the second round last year, he might be better than both these guys. Yeah, I mean, especially for a guy like Fant who just doesn't have the college production of a guy like Mike Gesicki. <laughs> That's so uh, funny. So South That's Dakota so State played Iowa, and then Noah Fant actually played defense, and Gesicki tore him up. I'm kidding. That's not a real uh, scenario whatsoever. Uh, I'm, 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 but so uh, I, I'm excited to see where he goes. But first round tight ends, like no fan has the danger of of becoming the uh, oh dang it tight end for the Colts now. Ebron. Yeah, next year Ebron. I'm a little worried about that. Well, if he's the. If he's the 2018 Eric Ebron, that would not be so bad. But, yes, if he was pre-2018 Eric Ebron, that's a problem. But, like, you know, he goes to the wrong team that uses him inappropriately for four years. Right. Yeah. I mean, it could happen because it, it happens all the time. Really talented players go to the wrong spot and went went. <laughs> Let's talk well, about – I just uh, love the energy that was in the Noah fan. I mean, I'm not even that upset about it. but No, it's not fun. But I love, I love, Trey, that you talked about Gasicki because it's fascinating to look at side-by-side comparison. I, I mean, we can 
you know, you, you can look at it one way or another, but, but pretty comparable guys uh, in terms of if we're generalizing with production and combine performance and it, it'll be interesting to see draft capital spent on Noah fans and, and landing spot. You know, if he goes to Green Bay early, doesn't Green Bay have like the number 11 pick? Um, I think people will go, just go crazy. Um, well, I, and I know this first rounders because they so uh, that's right. The Davenport deal. New yeah, Orleans, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, if he goes to the New England late in the first, obviously people will go crazy. So anyway, well, why don't we move on to the last pick in the first round? And the last pick in the first round was me. And I went ahead and took a guy I really like because he had a great combine. No, Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, running back, Penn State. Guys, Miles Sanders looked really good at the combine. I, I mean, you know, I think he's one of those guys that we should have been paying attention to anyway because he was kind of – overshadowed by Saquon Barkley uh, but you know he ran a 449 6.89 three cone 4.19 shuttle um I I I, I like Miles Sanders uh, he's he, like late in the first round um in, in, a, in a draft I'm pretty happy to, to take him there personally if you look at where his ADP is going in a non-superflex league he's number 11 so if I can get him late in the first really in a superflex round superflex league I'm pretty happy uh, Trey, I know, I know you like Miles Sanders. So you want to, you want to give your thoughts on him? Yeah, I do like him quite a bit. And you know, it's funny because this exercise is, is, you know, telling me um, that I think that the, the day for the NFL draft, that's going to be really fun to watch from a fantasy perspective is not going to be the opening night. It's going to be day two um, where we look at the second and third round, because I think that probably, the, the significant majority of the guys we're talking about right now are going to be taken in day two. And I think that Miles Sanders with his combine has, has potentially cemented himself as a day two running back. And so I, I think that there's a real opportunity. Landing spot's going to be huge, but I, I'm with you. He's a guy that I like a whole lot. And, and to be able to get him late, I mean, you nailed it. I mean, you're at the 112 and, and you get a guy like Miles Sanders who, if he goes to the right spot, you know, lands in a place where they need a, you know, a Baltimore or a, uh, you know, even somewhere like Indianapolis, or, I mean, you, you just pick the spot, pick the team that either, you know, needs a starting running back or, or doesn't have a, a, you know, nailed down starting running back position. Miles Sanders comes in and, and runs with the job. So I, I think that he's an exciting prospect and he did absolutely nothing but help himself with the, at the combine. Will you watch Miles Sanders this year, Big Ten guy? So what, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I, I think I'd be terrified if the first place team in my league scooped up Miles Sanders at the end of the draft. I think that's the best way I can put it is he is a great running back prospect. He was the number one, number one running back coming out of high school. And he went to Penn State. He was behind Saquon, who has the potential – and it is leading there to be a legendary fantasy player. I'm very excited for that. And he played behind him. So anyway, if if 112 Miles Sanders gets scooped up by that guy, I'm I'm very upset. Yeah, prototypical size, you know, 5'11", 215. Actually, that wasn't his combine way, and that was what I'm looking at on sportsreference.com. Um, but oh, so he he weighed in at 211. But but that's fine. He had 24 receptions. Um, in 2018, so you know he's shown magic receiving jobs. So magic number, right? So Miles Sanders is is my guy here with the 112. So, so first round recap, so everyone can get caught up. DK Metcalf went at the 101. 
or, the, or the, uh, number one overall. Then Nikhil Harry, number two. Kyler Murray, number three. Hakeem Butler, number four. Josh Jacobs, number five. A.J. Brown, number six. David Montgomery, number seven. Drew Locke, number eight. Dwayne Haskins, nine. Rodney Anderson, 10. Noah Fant, 11. And Miles Sanders, number 12. So that's your first round of this Joe's Superflex Rookie Mock. Guys, any thoughts before we say goodbye to the first round and get into round two on the next episode? <laughs> some, some, some guys who didn't get drafted. I, I'm, I'm almost interested to talk about that. Like, yeah, Debo Samuel didn't go in the second round. Right. We're going to get to him. And I almost took Debo with the um, 212. Uh, and I'll talk more about that in the next episode because he he's very interesting. And I think Debo – where does Debo go? Do we have – I can look it up really quick. But what's his ADP um, right now in, in, a, in a, a non-superflex rookie? Is he going like early second? He, he might yeah. be. I think he's right in the 15 to 17 range if, I'm, if I uh, remember correctly. Also, also, Perry from Ohio State didn't go in this rookie draft, which the, the thing that, that uh, I think is important is, is the people who are in this draft, I really respect their opinions, and, and Perry didn't make it. Is it uh, Paris Campbell? Yeah, Paris Campbell. Yeah, well, I, I think Paris Campbell, you know, the maybe this is narrative street, but I think the thinking is he's going to be one of those guys that gets drafted, and he's going to be like kind of like Curtis Samuel, Samuel has been for the Carolina Panthers, a guy they're kind of yeah. going to – you know, utilize, move around. Uh, so I think, I mean, that's a worry that he might be a good NFL player and a weapon for a team, but maybe not a good fantasy option. But that could be the narrative street, right? I, I don't think we know. Landing spot's probably pretty important for him in particular to see how a team's going to deploy him. Yeah, or Miles Boykins from my hated Notre Dame. But I love his, his profile now. I might be scooping him up later on. I traded a lot of my rookie picks, but – let him slip to the third. I would love to have that, that kind of profile on my team. Right. It's going to be interesting because this is a draft where, the, you know, the wide receiver class is deep and there's some intriguing players. The guy I haven't mentioned, Andy Isabella, for example. Uh, Emmanuel Hall looks good. Marquise Brown, who some people are down on. There's some concerns about him. So you just have some intriguing wide receivers, more so than any other position. But – as you know, referring to our friend Jordan McNamara again, you know, if if some of these intriguing wide receivers are um, even day two wide receivers, they're they're not necessarily good bets to take in the second round. So it's going to be interesting to see how these second rounds play out and, and what to do. And and even though the running back class is down, when we get into our second round, there are some really intriguing running backs. Um, you know, like a guy like Daryl Henderson that people have been pretty high on. Uh, Damian Harris, who didn't show so well, but I think he's he's really interesting. Um, Alex Barnes is getting a lot of buzz. Uh, Justice Hill. So there are some interesting running backs as well that we haven't got to. So second round and, and rookie drafts is going to be really, really fascinating. Um, you get into a tight end premium league, a lot of intriguing tight ends, um, I think, that that emerged. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a, a fun year. There's going to be some fun drafts. And I, I really can't wait to talk more about it and to, to get into some rookie drafts here uh, in May. You know, we've, we've got some time. So, uh, Trey, you got any final thoughts here? 
No, I, you know, it's kind of funny because we, I, I read this on Twitter. I forget, which I could attribute it to the correct media member, but someone posted that they showed up in Indy and their Uber driver said, uh, you know, what are you in town for? And the guy said, oh, I'm, I'm here for the combine. And uh, the driver said, oh, you're a farmer. And I just, I remember reading oh, that's that. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Midwest. That's yeah, right. Man. That's right. Agribusiness, you know, it's, it's all about agribusiness in the Midwest. You know, it's like Iowa tight ends, Chris Combine. I guess it's us now. I mean, if you're Uber driving in Indianapolis, you know, I mean, how many thousands of people are coming in town for that event? How do you not know that the NFL Combine's going on? Uh, I mean, I, I guess obviously, obviously there's one out there. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I, that's it's so funny because I kept thinking about it tonight because we kept, I mean, the word Combine was you know, probably said 50 times during the episode, but I thought, I thought that was pretty funny. Well, like a new combine costs like, I don't know, for a decent one costs like half a million dollars. So maybe he's thinking that that's what they were going in to check out. And I'm most excited of a fourth round rookie pick. Yeah. I'm most most excited about, and and this just a shout out to some of the guys we've had on the podcast in the past from, from Nick Whalen to Matt Waldman to Paul Pertichese and the guys over Saturday, Sunday. Uh, There's some really great, and you you guys, if there's anyone I'm I'm forgetting, feel free to mention. But, you know, there's some great resources. And, and no, I'm talking about, like, resources that, you know, I'm super excited, for instance, you know, for Matt Waldman. I've I've pre-ordered the RSP, and um, I I know that the first iteration is not going to come out until later this month, I think, late March. But uh, I'm super excited to to see some of these guys who I – I trust incredibly and, and kind of what their takes are and, and who are the guys that they have rated a little higher because I, I feel sure that my personal rookie board and my targets are going to shift pretty significantly. Um, obviously with the NFL draft, but you know, get, seeing these publications, um, I, I think it's going to be pretty, pretty fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. That's kind of the next big point for me. Obviously, the, the NFL draft being the biggest data point, we still have to fill in. But being yeah. able to read, read what some of these guys who spend just an immense amount of time breaking down film and, and you know, looking at numbers and, and crunching it all together into some rankings is going to be pretty fun to, to look over. And, Trey, that's a great point. And I, I'm going to pinpoint Matt Waldman and, and what we talked about last year and his affinity for Dante Pettis. The, the last few weeks of the NFL season, when Dante Pettis was lighting it up, none of us were surprised because we got that RSP and saw what his skill could be. And now, coming into next year, if you can find some person who didn't pay attention to that, they're just like sitting on their bench, he could be a huge buy. Dante Pettis is so good. He, he, he has the makings to be a great producer for your fantasy team. And – it, that's worth the $19. It's always, it's $19. That's worth every penny of it. Yeah. There's so much great content out there. Some of it's free. Um, we haven't mentioned the, the draft network guys that did a great job of covering the draft. Uh, you know, Brad Kelly has a nice piece about DK Metcalf and, you know, should we be worried about these concerns people have him about him? UTH, the crew over at UTH Dynasty, they, they were uh, – Chad Parsons and crew were, were cranking out content. We've had Tim Torch on the show many times, Jordan McNamara on the show many times. So their coverage is great. They, they have great content. So there's so much quality content out there that, that you can get your hands on. Some of it's free. Some of it's 
get to pay for it. But it's all the paid content's worth it. It really is. It's totally worth it. So the the more you know, the better dynasty. Paul Pertichese's and the Saturday to Sunday notebooks are so good. Awesome. Yeah, and that's one of the best values out there. It's like ten bucks. So No, it's nine ninety nine. Okay, nine ninety nine. Save a penny <laughs> and you can do whatever you want. Join uh you know, Columbia House for a penny and get get you know, CDs. Leave it on the streets. Pick it yeah. up all day long. I don't know that Will got that reference, Trey, that Columbia House reference for a penny, get the 10 CDs. But anyway, uh, I lost half our listeners there. But, but all right. Well, let's, guys, we got to get out of here. It's a long show. This is just the first round of the Superflex Rookie Mock. We're going to uh, get back into it next week. And uh, that's all, all we got. So on behalf of Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Pooh, pooh. Book Fantasy Joe's Combine. Gonna happen. Gonna run an eight second 40. Fantasy Joe's Super Draft Rookie Mock. No, I screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold please.